of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on February the 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always... I'm Caffeine Rage. On today's episode, we will be discussing some gaming-related stuff. Uh, You'll find out more why in just a bit. Ninjas, it's just a game comment sparks a heated debate. Grand Theft Auto 4 returns to Steam as, quote, complete edition, unquote, But those quotes are huge with massive sarcasm. And we will have a Steam Weekly Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Good evening, Rage. Good evening. So we've been gone for two weeks from recording. Because of our Franken content and other discussions, you dear listeners have still had new stuff. But this is the first. We're sorry. This is the first recording we've done in in two whole weeks or three yep. weeks, depending on how you want to count that time. Um, yeah. you did a thing. Why don't you tell the, the the dear listeners what thing it was that you did? Well, there's a reason why we're not doing the game club episode this week, and that's because I moved uh, ever since the last uh, live recording or live and massive sarcasm quotes because. Now, let's be honest. Jared has no life. Right? Indeed. Indeed. It's, so, all, it's all work and video games and Dungeons and Dragons. That's it. I guess Star Wars a, RPG, too. Yeah, I was going to say, in the occasional Star Wars RPG. So, uh, moved in with my girlfriend. Uh, and this is actually something we've been uh, planning for a few weeks. But it kind of all fell into place over the course of, like, uh, uh, the week that we did our last recording and it's just there was so much shit that had to move and take care of that i did not have a chance to even play really anything outside of doing enough of a performance test on final fantasy 15 that i did not even have a chance to really be able to play stacking enough to be able to even hope to be able to talk about it Right. So we're going to do a somewhat normal episode. I mean, yeah. we're not going to have really games we played. It's going to be more movies Jared watched. Yeah. So I'm we're going we're going to postpone stacking for one additional week. So we'll do that next week. Um, and then I did play quite a few games, but to not unbalance it, I'm just going to hold all those in reserve. Honestly, it's good for me to have a couple sort of in the bank, anyways, to discuss. Because sometimes with work or with stuff that goes on, I don't get a chance to play games. Um, I think that happens to me more regularly, I guess. Like, there's plenty of times where I squeak in a couple of mobile games or something for a week. But this, like, since the last time we recorded, I've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new games. And one of them I played to completion. So... I've got a few weeks worth of backlog to discuss. Yeah, which for is me, good. I... I played hardly anything, including even on mobile, because I was busy boxing stuff and moving it. I mean, like yeah. I said, it, it kind of—it's something that we've been planning for the better part of a month, or actually, probably a little bit more than that. But it kind of all found a place, and we found a uh, house near where uh, she lived, 
uh, actually under market uh, value on its rent. So, yeah, it was uh, grab it uh, real quick and start moving. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, my kitchen right now is a terrible, terrible mess. Boxes everywhere. It's like half sorted. Sounds like my kitchen on a regular basis, but that's mostly thanks to my child. Yay, children. Mm-hmm. Um, you did hint, though, at the thing that I'm going to be discussing this week and why I said gaming-related stuff when reading off the topics list. Uh, I both saw the Sonic movie that just came out. I took my kid to see that uh, over the weekend. Uh, and then I watched the entire Witcher Netflix series. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch the Witcher series. Uh, I'm not sure if I have any interest in seeing Sonic. Right. So I'm going to talk about both of these individually and then have, I think, a larger discussion. Oh, damn. Here I was hoping you would be uh, having the Witcher fighting Sonic. <laughs> well, I mean, trying that's... to figure out which sword to use to try to hit him. Uh, I don't think Sonic counts as a magical creature. I mean, he's got some powers, but I think that he would probably go for the for his uh, steel sword as opposed to the silver sword. But yeah, but good luck hitting Sonic, right? Sonic is fast, but don't count Geralt out. He's he's pretty quick too when he needs to be. Um, especially when he's chugging potions like a an addict, like an addict. Well, you know. Well, but I'll, I'm going I'm to talk about each of these things individually and then have a, a little bit larger discussion about some video game or video games as film, movies, whatever, in culture. Because The Witcher is, is a Netflix series, so it's eight episodes in its first season, and they are roughly an hour long each. So, I mean, it's an eight-hour thing. It's definitely more than a movie. Um, so... Which one do you want to hear about first? I mean, they go Sonic and The Witcher in, like, my notes, but... Oh, uh, why the hell not? Let's go with Sonic. Okay, so Sonic... Gotta go first. Gotta go first, gotta go fast. Sonic was good. Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't amazing, it wasn't a masterpiece, but it was a solid family movie, like a B-. minus. Um, they, the, the graphic... And I'm, I'm going to do my best to not spoil either of these things. I think that's going to be harder with the Witcher than it is with Sonic, but I'm still going to do my best. Um, I mean, with Sonic, as far as I know, there's not really much established sort of lore or canon with him. Uh, I know there is. Yeah. I know that there's a couple of three games that do some story stuff, but it's all a mess. And I'm pretty sure that they just threw all of that out the window. Yeah, I know about the cartoons, a couple of the previous cartoons. I know there's more than two, though. There's, like, the 80s series, and there's, like, one from... And I thought there was a comic book series as well. I don't know. But how much of that, though, is, like, recognized as, like, quote, official canon? Do you know that? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find out. I know that the cartoons, like, conflict with each other. And Well, well basically, the dystopian one where... Uh, oh, that was I had the better storyline. That's pretty much non-canon, and the one that was silly, where he ate chili dogs all the time, that's considered the canon story. And okay. uh, which basically means that uh, Sonic propelled by farts <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Um, regard. Well, okay, so 
I don't know then if any of the stuff that's in the movie is related to the quote Sonic canon, quote unquote Sonic canon, uh, established from various other entities. It felt like a pretty fresh start to me, but also I'm not like a huge like Sonic fan. I've played a couple of the older games. I've played one of the Sonic Adventure games. Um, and I've played Sonic uh, All-Stars Racing. So that's sort of the extent to which I'm connected to the Sonic universe. Um, I don't know if uh, that helps. Okay, so it looks like... Uh, well, I went uh, hunting a little bit. At least according to some people on uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog subreddit, because of course there's one. Uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, Sonic CD, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, Sonic Heroes, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, Sonic 06, even though it made itself not happen. Uh, Sonic Unleashed Colors, Generations, and Lost World are considered the canon ones with the various uh, ties between them. So a lot more Sonic games than I thought there were. Uh, and also, usually if there's a bad ending, it's considered uh, the non-canning ending, and the true ending, the like 100% ending, is usually considered the canon one. Okay. So, a lot more story than you really thought, huh? Yeah. So, you know what? Maybe some of this is a little bit more based in, in the actual canon than I realized. Regardless, I don't think it's it matters or is necessary to know that. Um, in general, the movie respects sonic in a way that the games haven't done for years which i think is interesting um but doesn't take it too far it doesn't do what a lot of video game movies in the past have done of either just like completely disrespecting the thing and just like being like ah fuck it this is a cash grab or trying to be a video game um they took sonic and adapted that property into a film format and largely it works there's some stuff in the movie that doesn't work but this is primarily like a family slash kids movie. So some of the things that happen is like, well, I mean, you know, it needs to happen for the story to work and the kids won't care. There's a few things in it like that, but I can forgive that. Um, overall, it was a lot of fun. I found it genuinely funny. Some it's, you know, it does that thing that pretty much all family movies do now. There's humor specifically for kids. There's humor in there that's specifically for the adults that the kids don't get. There's yeah, a few things. Usually the Jim Carrey scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, but there's humor in there that's funny to both, but for different reasons. It it does a good job with that. Um, there's a couple of unexpected things that I thought were neat and a lot of fun. Um, uh, it doesn't do like the total... It, it, it doesn't go like totally stupid like har-har burps and farts the entire movie. Like there's one fart joke in it for the kids. Um, and, and then that's one of the jokes that's kind of played like Okay, seriously, like, in a way that's also funny for adults. So all of that is very good. Uh, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik um, slash Eggman, which I think it's funny. They get both of those in there. Uh, Sonic calls him Eggman. Mm -hmm. He's got these little drones that look like eggs. And he's like, what are you, some kind of Eggman? And then, like, the rest of the movie, he calls him Dr. Eggman. And everybody calls him Dr. Ro everybody else calls him Dr. Robotnik. So I, I thought they played that nice. Um, but anyways, the cringiest right, scene... Now the question is, does he get fat? No. Oh, damn. I'll... There's a thing at the end of the movie where he's full-on Robotnik slash Eggman, except for being fat, so I could see it, like... I mean, they, they, they sequel-bait this movie pretty hard. 
Uh, and I well, actually... Uh, say, uh, so he gets depressed and starts chugging ice cream. Got it. Uh, but I, I, I hope there's... I really genuinely hope there's another one. That, like, like I just said, they sequel bait real hard. Um, but anyways, the, the cringiest sort of Jim Carrey scene is the one that's in the trailer where he's talking to the army guy. The rest of it is is Jim Carrey from the 90s, which if you didn't like that, you won't like this performance and you probably won't like the movie because his character or Jim Carrey is, I won't say half of the movie, but he's a good third of the movie. Um, the rest of the movie is kind of this buddy sort of road trip thing that Sonic and his human companion get into. Um, I can't his, his pet. Yeah. I can't remember his, his actual name. Uh, Cause he's donut Lord is what Sonic keeps calling him. And that's kind of stuck in my head is what his actual name is, but he's a cop. Um, it doesn't, uh, let's see. I got a little, I've gotten off, t- off track a couple of times. Uh, what was I? Oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's funny. It's good sort of moat clean humor for the whole family. Um, it does a couple of really neat things that I want to mention that are video game tropes, but it plays them in a way that's not cringy or not sort of like, eh, see how stupid that is. Um, it's got like a sort of mini boss fight where it does like the stages of the boss fight and it gets smaller and smaller as they fight it. And I'm like, Hey, that's really video gamey. I like that. Um, it's got a really neat scene. Uh, probably the best like family scene I've ever seen in a movie like this. Like there's some crazy stuff happening and the main human character and his wife have a conversation. And like, instead of like them, like freaking out yelling, be like, no, you need to stop and listen. That's like, okay, let's talk about this. What's going on. Please explain it to me. And I'm like, yay, good relationship communication modeled in a movie for children. I might be the only one who cares about that. But I'm <laughs> excited about that. Um, and then this movie, I think, and I don't know, this could be me like really over examining or over analyzing it, but I think instead of following a classic movie structure, like a three arc structure, it follows more of like a Marvel four or five arc structure and breaks it down into like video game levels. Cause there's the beginning of the movie, which is uh, literally like the green Hill zone and it starts out with Sonic there and doing like some narration and some backstory. And there's a thing that happens and that causes that level to end. And then there's like the second level where Sonic is on earth and he has to do stuff. And then at the end of that, he does the thing that basically triggers the rest of the movie. And then the next level is the uh, road trip bit that ends with the boss, the mini boss fight. And then there's another level where that they have to go do another thing. And that has like the, the second fight in it. And then there's the final level that ends with him like beating Dr. Robotnik. Like that's kind of how I broke down the story, which I thought was really cool. It's still got kind of a gamey structure to it. It was really good. I was really surprised. Um, You know, I was kind of expecting to enjoy the experience with my kid because I knew he would like it. Um, And I kind of expected it to be sort of a passable movie. But I mean, it genuinely was like a solid like B-minus movie as long as you're okay with Jim Carrey doing 90s Jim Carrey thing. 
I think the performance, a lot of people have just said Ace Ventura, but it feels more like a, a mask, the mask performance to me than Ace Ventura. I know I initially said Ace Ventura when we were talking, but then I thought about it some more. And I think it's more like the mask than Ace Ventura. But still, I mean, that's a pretty classic like 90s Jim Carrey performance. So if, if you like that sort of thing, I think that the rest of this movie is solid. If you don't like 90s Jim Carrey, that's probably enough to ruin the movie despite it otherwise being good. But solid movie. Um, and then that brings me to the second thing, which is The Witcher. Uh, the Witcher is interesting. Uh, the Witcher, in case you don't know, was originally a book series written, I think, in the 90s or maybe like the early 2000s. Yeah, I didn't actually... Polish author, right? Yeah, by a Polish author. Who um, really hates uh, CD Projekt Red at this point. He does. He really does. But he he wrote the book series and then sold the... the uh, I don't quite know the specific wording of it, but essentially the exclusive rights to make a video game based on it. Um and then CD Projekt Red made, as you all probably know, the Witcher series of games, which have been hugely, massively successful to the point that they have far outshadowed the books. And many gamers don't know that, you know, the book series came first and they think the books are uh, either novelizations of the games or additional sort of universe material to the games, which in a sense they serve that purpose too because the um, Witcher game series is set after the books uh spoilers for like a 15 year old book i guess Geralt dies at the end and so the witcher one picks up several years after the end of the book and Geralt has amnesia and they don't know how he's come back to life and essentially that's the the gist of the first game is i mean there's other stuff going on but a huge part of it is like finding out what happened to you and starting to regain your memory Uh, i have played the witcher one and two by the way uh, I have not played The Witcher 3. I've only played uh, uh, the boring opening to Witcher 1. Basically, I quit right before it's supposed to get good, which uh, makes me want to go back and play it, but at the same time, ooh, right? Yeah. So the Witcher series, whenever you look at it on Netflix, it says based on the popular whatever book series, novelization, or not novelization, popular novel. But looking at it with you know the knowledge that i do have about the games i don't have full knowledge and most people have said that the witcher 3 is the one that's most relevant to the tv series so there could be things that i missed but it seems like that they based the characters for the most part on how the game portrays them tris is the major character that's drastically different in the show than she is in the game but based on where they are in the timeline, from what I understand on the research that I did, Triss is barely in it, uh, in the books, where um, and in the the where it's set in time in you know the Witcher timeline continuum, and they put her in the show fairly heavily compared to how much she's actually in the books, inserting her into various eye candy. Triss is not the eye candy in the show. She's very different looking to how she is in the games. Um, most of the rest of the characters look very much like and, and are portrayed very much like their game counterparts as opposed to the book descriptions. Um, and I mean, there's certainly some things that could go in either way. I mean, you can't blame me for thinking that. No, Yennefer is is the by far and away the eye candy. Um, 
and she is apparently very gorgeous in the witcher three as well because Yennefer's not in one or two at all um the witcher series you could watch it if you've never played the witcher games the first episode will be rough um it's setting up i mean you've got three main characters uh Geralt Yennefer and Ciri uh and it has to do a lot to front end all of their stories the first episode <laughs> is, is can be pretty confusing if you don't know anything going into it but after that each episode will either focus entirely or at least primarily on one of those three and tell their stories as they sort of um weave together by the end of the series but it it's it's interesting to think about this i think of it more as a video game property because of how much the games have overshadowed the books <coughs> i don't think that this would have been made if the game wasn't as popular as it oh had. it definitely wouldn't because at least in well in the united states nobody knew the witcher until you know the game series I, yeah, unless you're a hardcore into Polish fiction, because it was a pretty niche, a niche property. Yeah, and I do apologize for echoey uh, audio. I should have mentioned that before, actually. It's okay. Oh, well. Um, but anyways, the the show is definitely not for children. Uh, there's a lot of violence and blood. There's a lot of nudity. The breasts are are quite often exposed exposed for our pleasure uh in the first episode they go to a place and it's just full of naked women walking around doing stuff it's like this wizard guy and he's got like an illusion in this tower so that it's full of naked women well Um, let's let's be honest right yeah and i think the second episode starts with like a close-up on a hooker's tits it's either the second or the third episode. So it's like, I mean, they're all in on, on that aspect of this universe. Um, in comparing it to other things that you might have watched, it is shot very similarly to Game of Thrones. The show itself is not. Also, like it's going to be disappointing in the final season. Got it. Possibly. But I mean, it's this is a very sort of, The Witcher is like hard fantasy, I guess. If that's the right way to say it. I mean, well, it depends on how much you enjoy tits, I guess. Oh, but I mean, there's tons of magic and monsters, whereas Game of Thrones was very light on that. But it, it feels very influenced by the way that Game of Thrones was shot, both fight scenes and a lot of composition for how dialogue scenes are shot. Um, a lot of the ways that the sound cues play in to try and build tension and things like that. I, I didn't check to see if there were any shared show writers or um, anybody from the crews that were similar. I mean, it feels inspired by Game of Thrones. I think it would be hard for any kind of fantasy se- fantasy series to not be at this point, even though Game of Thrones, the last couple of seasons were more of a uh, a whimper than a bang. That show has still had a massive impact on the way that a lot of TV is filmed these days. So it would make it makes sense that they uh, were at least inspired by a lot of the way that the show was shot. Um. Without getting into any spoiler ter- territory otherwise, though, I think that the show does an excellent job of of encapsulating the universe. It's very clearly been made by people who are very interested in either or, or maybe both, the games and the books. 
um, trying to make that vision come to life on screen. It feels like it's very respected. At no point does the show feel like it's poking fun at itself or at, you know, video games or anything like that in general. Um, I think the casting was spot on. There was a lot of controversy when the show was first like announced and teased and everything, particularly about Hen- Henry Cavill playing Geralt mm-hmm. because he was so bad as Superman. But that dude loves The Witcher. Um, that was not bullshit. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Yeah, but to be fair, Superman's kind of a hard uh, uh, act to follow after Christopher Reeve. Yeah, he, he really pulled off the transformation between Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah, but Henry Cavill for me has become Geralt in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. became Tony Stark, um, or you know some of those other like really iconic roles where that you know you think of the actor who played the thing versus the original in- incarnation. Henry Cavill is amazing, um, and definitely like I mean the, the show is. Uh, roughly half Geralt's. Yennefer has got a huge part to play, but she's a little bit smaller role than Siri, or a little bit smaller role than Geralt, and then Siri kind of takes up the rest of the space that isn't occupied by Yennefer. And I mean, with so much of the show centering on his performance, he fucking brings it. Dude is a good actor. Um, so, I mean, this show, in much the same way that Sonic was, that's one piece of DNA that they share. The people who made this clearly respected it. And I think with The Witcher, it, it they loved it a lot more, I think, than the people who made Sonic loved it. Although, I mean, I could be wrong about that. But just the way that it feels and perhaps getting to spend so much more time with The Witcher across those eight episodes as opposed to just the hour and a half that Sonic ran. Yeah, which getting immersed kind of in ties world. into something we talked about Sunday where uh, game uh, movies are starting to feel like they're getting more respect as uh, a... Uh, a project themselves instead of being this dumb cash grab they're given proper writing they're given proper uh, attention i mean the fact that they actually spent millions to essentially re-render the sonic movie uh, to redesign uh, sonic after that whatever the fuck that was in the first uh, uh the first trailer which was where I was what was uh, wanting to go when I yeah. said, and you probably picked up on that when I said, you know, have yeah. a, a little bit larger discussion about it. But I think I, I took a look at video game movies that have been released, you know, the entire list. But I focused mostly on live action stuff as opposed to animation or uh, anime specifically versions of something. Um, and around the Warcraft movie. Like there's some, some contention about the Warcraft movie and it's pretty impenetrable if you're not a fan of Warcraft, but that was the first video game movie that I felt like really brought it in terms of production value and respect for the series. Um, And every movie since then, except for Assassin's Creed, which was a fucking mess. I have seen, you know, I've I've seen all of these movies and all of them, except for Assassin's Creed starts to, to show well, to be like, fair the assassin's creed movie being a fucking mess well isn't that how the assassin's creed assassin's creed always is on launch until they fair. catch it very fair i see so, what you did there so they did give the game its proper respect yeah but i mean you know so there's warcraft i i think warcraft is a solid b to b plus movie uh, assassin's creed is like an f and then there's a Resident Evil movie, which the Resident Evil series is interesting. That game, has, or that 
that game. That film series has gone so far off the reservation from Resident Evil. But I mean, they have been a successful movie franchise for more than a decade that um, took the universe of Resident Evil and actually made it into a coherent story. And I quite like the Resident Evil film series. So that one might be a bit of an anomaly further back on the list. But Resident Evil Tomb Raider, which was good. The, the most, the more recent Tomb Raider movie that, that is not uh, all about Angelina Jolie's boobs um, was like a legit movie. And it was treated with respect and had a good budget behind it and good cast and crew and, and whatnot. The Rampage movie um, was fun. Oh, I forgot with, about that one. With yeah, with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, that was a fun movie um, that took sort of the silly idea of the Rampage game and made it into a fun experience with high production values. I mean, and it was you know it was another solid like B minus movie that's a lot of fun. Um, and then Detective Pikachu, which is like a good a solid B plus A minus movie, and then Sonic, which I felt like was a solid B minus movie. Um, looking back through the list, there's something here or there that is, is better than other things, but you've got a lot of, of cash grab movies or things that were made by Uva bowl. They were designed to, you know, utilize tax loops. And, and yeah, I mean, that's not fair. Whenever we start bringing up UV bowl, because yeah, th- those yeah. movies were never meant to succeed. But I think that that you're right. At UV bowl. If you ever watched it, he is the uh, the producers. Yeah, go watch the producers. I would suggest I would suggest the, I I would suggest right. the old movie, or the old version because it's a lot more fun with uh, Gene uh, Wildman. Yeah, well, Gene Wilder. Sorry, I, I haven't seen the the old version. I'll have to check that oh, out. Yeah, it's but, a lot of fun. But I mean, I mean looking Gene at Wilder, the list. So. Yeah, but looking at the list of video game movies, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, but also that was kind of the general idea for video game properties. Like you could get these licenses really cheap. You could churn out some bullshit, make a little bit of money on it, and then you were done with it. And probably looking at this list, I'd say Prince of Persia back in 2010 was the first attempt by a studio to put some budget and put some names behind a video game property and see how well it did. Um, and the Prince of Persia movie is like C minus at best. Um, but it was a pretty decent first attempt at that. And then it just took them, you know, another five or six years. And then I, I think that aside from Assassin's Creed, every video game movie that's came out for the last five years uh, has been a solid C plus or above movie. And when you think about that, you know, C plus would be slightly above average. And then above that, like, I think video game properties, because of a combination of Marvel people going, oh, shit, you can take these like weird things. And if you treat them seriously, you can make a buttload of money. Yeah, let's do that. So you've got that sort of the Marvel effect. And then also, hey, I see what you did there. But the Marvel effect. And then also you have people that are the right age in the business and the right places, you know, who have grown up with games and who appreciate these series for what they are. Yeah. Depending on the age of the, uh, the producers and everything, maybe somebody that grew up playing Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. Cause I mean, Sonic first released in 80 something, right? Uh, he was on the Sega Genesis. So 
I'm gonna get the Sonic movie. Yeah, Sonic. One. Uh, nineteen ninety one, June twenty okay. third. So, if you were a kid, let's say around ten, give or take a few years, and you played Sonic in nineteen ninety one, you would be in your what forties now, roughly forties, and that's old enough for someone to be well upper thirties, lower forties, upper yeah, so upper thirties, lower forties. That's and also get now. off my fucking lawn. Nice. That's plenty old enough for someone, though, to be... No, I got a lot now, so get off it. You do. For someone to be in a sort of the equivalent of like a managerial position, like a head writer, potentially a producer, um, director. There's plenty of directors in that range. So, you know, it's possible that several very important people on the, the production crew could have grown up playing game, playing these games. And I think those two things combined, because I think there's always plenty of people with passion and appreciation for something that if you gave them the project, they would do a good job. But because this is on the real world where money runs everything, um, you know, if if uh, uh, in this case, a movie studio doesn't feel like there's any money to be made, then they won't put in any effort. So I think Marvel has really helped with that because, I mean, Marvel basically run you know runs the movie industry like and that's the wrong way to say it but the sort of the marvel effect of creating these cinematic universes and taking these properties like these weird obscure properties and making them things that make half a billion dollars you know i think these studios are finally going you know what these games they're not all that weird and obscure maybe if we actually give two shits about it we can make a half a billion dollars with that too I mean, currently Sonic the Hedgehog is at uh, a little over 200 million for worldwide box office. Detective Pikachu made nearly a half a billion. Same with Rampage. Tomb Raider made about 300 million worldwide. The Resident Evil movies have been churning out a cool 250 to 300 million for years now. Warcraft made uh, like a billion dollars. So I am I am okay with that. If, like if that's what they need, you know, they they're getting it. So now we can get some good properties set in our favorite universes. Well, I think the Dwarf Fortress uh, uh movies, you know, it's not it's not going to be very graphically impressive. It's going to be a little tough to uh, comprehend. Well, it's going to be bloody as fuck. Yeah. absolutely insane that'll be like an eight part documentary that would probably a documentary yeah. would probably be a good format for Dwarf Fortress yeah but that would also be just the int- uh, that that would be the prologue <laughs> an eight part right. series an eight part, an eight part miniseries is the prologue either that or a, a dramatization of Boat Murdered I know I sent you Boat Murdered before Probably, and I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, it's it was a progressive game, uh, uh, done years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on, bringing up it between a list of two, three, four, five, six, seven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen different, uh, essentially, uh, overseers. And it was a game where they handed off, but they weren't allowed to 
leave notes about what things did. So, and it got rather crazy. <laughs> right. Um, uh, If you want to see just how crazy Dwarf Fortress could be, and this was an old version, many, many years old now, go look up Boat Murdered. Uh, each uh, overseer, I think, was allowed one year. So, yeah. Did um did you see that they're making a Borderlands film? Yeah. Uh, I, I, see, I think Borderlands would be a good universe to set something in. Because the, the main Borderlands games, they're all right. But, I mean... The I, I, I would say they're okay. Liked. Yeah, but, but the one but that the we both really that, liked was the Telltale game. Yeah. Which is just set in the Borderlands universe with a wacky cast of characters. Like, I think that's perfect for for a film. The only one that's got me worried on the docket coming up for the next few years is the Monster Hunter movie. Because the only pre-release screenshots I've seen from that, or, or production, pre-production screenshots I've seen from that, set it in like modern day, like 21st century military stuff. And not that they can't make an interesting movie out of that, but it's like, hmm. You completely throwing out what the game does, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even looked at upcoming ones, so I'm trying to find the list. Uh, well, it looks like uh, Detective Pikachu is getting a sequel. Oh, they are making a, mon- a proper Minecraft movie. Oh, boy, right? Yeah. That that could be my interesting. That. that movie will make a $2 billion. Yeah. My kid will want to go see it enough Again. times to give them a billion of those dollars. I'm not sure when I think about a Call of Duty film. That can be either really good or really bad because if the, if it's anything like the single player, it's incomprehensible. I mean, it would just be some type of war movie. And those range from, you know, brilliant like the recent 1917 or Saving Private Ryan to hot garbage like American Sniper. That's right. Hmm. I said American Sniper was bad. Come at me, bro. Well, I've never seen it. But well, it no, could I know be you like won't. American Sniper where they're just sitting there sitting in a doorway for an hour and a half waiting for someone to go by. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly talking to our audience. I can think of two people that might really like that movie. And I really don't, so a Mega like, Man movie like, as well. Mega Man would be fun, I think. Yeah, if done well, but that's the thing. Uh, I, if it's given proper respect, I'm I'm gonna, I'm giving from this point forward. I think I'm giving video game movies the benefit of the doubt. I'm not quite there yet, but then again, I'm a pessimist. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, if there's a miss with Monster Hunter, you know, that's if the next two or three, like if Monster Hunter, the Mortal Kombat, whatever they're doing with it, and Uncharted are all like garbage. I will rescind my benefit of the doubt. But okay. well, I found one on Games Radar that uh, gives a, a a better overall list. So let's see. Let's just go down this uh, for the hell of it. Yeah, let's pad out the, this a little bit longer. So Tomb Raider two uh, for two thousand twenty one. Uh, let me just yeah, obtaining video game movies. Okay. Uh, I didn't watch the last Tomb Raider movie, so yeah. Call of Duty, uh, uh, which we already talked about, it really depends on 
what they're doing with it. Uh, I should probably throw you this link. Or you can find it. It's Gamers Radar, upcoming video game movies. Okay. Uh, looks like uh, it's the same uh, writer that did sh- that's uh, currently working on Sherlock Holmes 3. So that's something, huh? Sherlock Holmes, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. ones, is a pretty heavy action movie. So that could kind of work. Let's see. Minecraft. Which, yeah, I, I would say that's a kid's movie. Uncharted. That's got... Uh, pretty sure Tom Holland is in that. The most yeah. recent Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm sad that they didn't pull Nathan Fillion because of the Uncharted like short that is on YouTube mm-hmm. that he made. But Tom Holland is a pretty good... A pretty good... Uh, I think he'd fit Nathan Drake pretty well. Let's see. The Last of Us which is still to be announced at a release date. And looks like really uh, not a lot is known about it outside of the games writers working on the script. Uh, Watchdogs, which depends on where we're going with the Watchdog series because, you know, you know they have their Brexit uh, game coming up that's definitely not political in any sense of the word, right? <laughs> definitely not. No, no politics even, here. Even though it does look incredibly ambitious and I really want to see what they do with it. Assuming that they're even able to approach it, even a portion of the promises they made. Right there's Monster Hunter. So let's see. Page 2. Mass Effect. Hmm. Uh, well, this is uh, was originally announced in 2017 so who knows if this is still active because yeah, the, Ma- the, Mass, Effect, the, the Mass Effect series kind of died with Andromeda. Yeah, but Mass Effect does provide a great universe to uh Yeah, let's just ignore a drama that ever happened. Uh I mean, Dante's in front of I mean it was kind of a sad story anyway. Basically trying to branch off so they could do their own thing without uh, having to deal with the main storyline. Yeah. So you could easily ignore it that it happened. Dante's Inferno, I mean is that technically a video game movie? I mean, wouldn't that be more, you know, the Divine Comedy? Yeah, but there is... I'm assuming you know about the Dante's Inferno video game. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I know that they, they made, made a They've already game. made and an and animated was, Dante's Inferno. But yeah, but the thing, the video game was pretty forgettable. So, mm, that, that's why I went with more of the Divine Comedy. Gotcha. Temple Run, which... I'm assuming it's an Infinite Runner mobile game. You are correct. Uh, well, they made an Angry Birds movie though, so yeah, uh, they made two of them. You, that, yep, don't remind me. Yeah, because you've had to see them way too often, huh? I've seen the first one. My kid doesn't know the second one exists, and I'm going to keep it that way for as long as possible. Uh, they're making a Rabbits movie. I mean, that's not actually surprising considering Minions, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so it'll just be Minions, but with Rabbids. Yeah, I, I mean, this is uh, to be announced. I mean, Rabbids are kind of random and goofy, but they're good at small doses, but I'm not sure a full movie would be, uh, right? The new the new Mario movie's not on that list, is it? Oh, I'm only on the second page of uh, several. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, sure, why the hell not? 
I mean, that could be a good horror movie, though. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like horror, but it could be a good horror movie. Uh, Deus Ex: uh, Human Revolution was supposed to have a movie when it was announced in two thousand thirteen, but they've uh, kind of gone uh, uh, completely quiet. So who knows if that's still happening? Uh, Splinter Cell, which was also another possibly interesting one. Once again, depending on the uh, you know, the incarnation they're using, because it kind of changed over the years. So who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, Far Cry. Once again, you know, it could be kind of wacky fun, or it could be deadly serious. The they've made a Far Cry movie before. Yeah, well, this is a, another. Uh, th- th- this uh, was UV Ball. Okay, so I was going to say, I don't remember if he made the first one that they yeah. made or not. Yeah, this is another one. I was really sad, uh, too, because it has Gary Sinise in it, and he's an excellent actor. Yeah, but not under that direction. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ghost Recon. Another interesting one. And this article is from a month ago, so it's still pretty recent. Uh, I mean, I don't really know a ton about Ghost Recon, so I can't really talk about that one. Uh, Kanan Lynch, that's one that I don't think is ever going to happen. That would be a good one, though. Like a Reservoir Dogs-style yeah. movie, with Kan but Kanan Lynch? Yeah, but the thing is, you know, that kind of, uh, that's another dead series. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter, though. True. There's lots of dead, you know, book series yeah. and things that have been turned into, into movies. Yeah, Why yeah very, not? True, very true, but I'm trying to say that. Uh, to get a project off the ground, there has to be some sort of hope that it'll make its money back. And trying to uh, tie a Reservoir Dogs story to Canyon Lynch, uh, yeah, at that point, may as well make it its own thing and not have the public per- uh, perception of it. Because Canyon Lynch kind of really went downhill. Kane and Lynch is, though, a relatively obscure video game. Sure. So you would get the name recognition from the people who cared about it. And to anyone else, they wouldn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. And there are some really shitty movie titles out there. Kane and Lynch is way better of a title than a lot of a lot of other movies that exist. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, God of War movie, uh, originally announced in 2005. But has you know never happened. That that's one that could easily be done, especially nowadays. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Devil May Cry uh, that was announced at E3 at one point in 2011. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, yeah. How about there? There's a game that, if treated with respect, could be really good because there's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of uh, character uh, characterization that you'd have to dive into biographies in order to really find out. Uh, that's never really shown in the game itself outside of you know just reading text. That could be an interesting one. But then again, you could also end up with the mid-90s uh, uh, cringe fest. Yeah. Looks like, according to this, it is a reboot to the film series, um, which Mortal Kombat Annihilation was the only other one that was made after the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, as in annihilating any hope of having a sequel. Indeed. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Does that count? I mean, isn't it Metal Gear Solid already a movie? 
<laughs> certainly feels like it. Same with Heavy Rain. Uh, the rights were bought back in 2006, but nothing's really been done with it. But Heavy Rain is pretty much a movie as well. I mean, you know, it's not taking on it, really. But at the same time, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, The Sims. <laughs> There's one that I'm kind of shocked hasn't happened. Look how popular it is. The Sims would be... Could You could make an interesting movie out of The Sims. You'd have to do it more based on the concept. No, 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 of... no, no. I'm thinking a really weird introspective one. Sort of like a being John Malkovich's movie. Yeah, ooh, yes. I just told you, Dana. Oh, yeah. So. Asteroids? <laughs> oh. They already made that movie. Oh, it's called Armageddon. Mm-hmm. It's got Bruce Willis in it. No. Yeah, yeah, and it has some crappy silence. Well, you're still saying they're smiling about my idea for The Sims, aren't you? I am. Although right now I'm looking at like the uh, a list of worst movie titles of all time, and Kane and Lynch better than every one of these I've looked at at the list so far. Well, let's see, Borderlands, which we are talked about, Division, which could be an interesting one depending on just how it's handled once again, because it's another one that has a very interesting premise. Mm-hmm. But does it really suit looter shooter for a lot of story? Firewatch. Uh, looks like the rights were sold at some point. Uh, but yeah, it looks like pretty much the rights were sold. But no word on any release or anyone attached to it. Fruit Ninja. There's another. Yeah, what the fuck, right? Uh, it looks like uh, the project was uh, picked up by New Line in 2016. So who knows, right? Yeah. God of War, or sorry, Gears of War, which, you know, that's another interesting one, especially with some of the backstory. Gran Turismo. I mean, Fast and Furious. They tried to do that with Need for Speed, and it turned out pretty bad. Gran Turismo, I could see Gran Turismo being a serious racing movie. Um, Also, uh, Days of Thunder, got it. What was the one... It came out a couple of years ago. It was about Formula One. Rush. That was always called Rush. Never heard of it. Based on a true story between two rival Formula One drivers in like the 70s. Um, it was a really good movie. But I could see Gran Turismo being some type of serious racing movie. Um. Yeah, Although, but, how, but are they going to capture the frustration of spending hours and hours trying to get that fucking license? <laughs> could do that with a like a twenty minute long montage. I mean, Ender's Game managed to pull it off. That movie is basically one big montage. Yeah, you need a montage. It's a montage of montages. They could they could do it. Uh, and the final one is actually a really interesting one: Portal. J.J. Uh, Abrams was attached to it, so not as interesting in that case, but still. Portal would make a great movie. Yeah, but not sure with J.J. Abrams. Lens uh, flare. Yeah. Yeah, you can't even see the portal for all the lens flare. Are you still there? Well, they haven't said anything from 2016, so who knows? But that's a that, that could be a, a fun one. 
especially if you get the right writers on it. Yeah. But, oh, the fact that we haven't heard anything and it's J.J. Abrams, yeah, little faith. Mostly mostly I'm still pissed with what he did to Star Trek. Lens flare Trek. Blowing up the Enterprise in every single movie. Dude, spoilers. Nah. Let's be fair. You're not going to go back and, and watch any of the ones you missed at this point. Nor do I really care to. Right. So. Well, we padded out the, uh, that segment long enough, right? We did. Let's move on to our next topic. Our first news story. Hey, cool. It's just a game, bro. <laughs> Indeed. Ninjas. It's just a game. Comment sparks a heated debate. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. Yeah. So, in essence, in essence, Ninja is one of the, if not the top streamer right now in terms of, like, Fortnite. Of, of viewers that he gets. And yeah, Fortnite. I mean, I actually confuse Ninja with Dr. Disrespect all the time because uh, I well, don't give a well, shit. Some, okay, okay. Uh, here's how you can tell them apart. Dr. Disrespect is the, uh, is the douchey guy with the glasses, all right? Right. Uh, and the greasy hair. Ninja is the douchey one that has the neon hair. Right. And for anybody protesting, get off my fucking lawn. Anyways. Ninja I mean, Ninja- I'm not wrong. Let's see. Where's that news story? Did I close it? I closed it like a dummy. Do, 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 do. All right. So Ninja's tweet specifically, and this, this all spawned from a tweet. Yes, of course it did. Is, I quote, the phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset. You're okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. End, end quote. Um, um, right. I, uh, I, I have mixed feelings about this. Within a little bit of context, it doesn't quite sound... As bad because off the cuff, what it sounds like he's doing is saying people who don't take gaming seriously are. I mean, I understand why he has this mindset because he, he has to uh, push himself to the point where he is, if not the best, one of the top few in Fortnite because that's what he's watched for is his uh, Fortnite gameplay. At least I assume. Fuck if I care about Fortnite, so I've never watched him. I'm pretty sure he is a competitive Fortnite player. I'm not 100% on that, but I think he is. Because he's. I, I don't think he's a personality streamer. Yeah, well, especially with tweets like this, right? Indeed. Uh, but, uh, I mean, whenever he goes on and talks about... Uh, if anyone uses the excuse, it's just a game, I'm going to lose my mind. Imagine telling LeBron James, Tom Brady, that uh, when they're pissed off after losing a game, it's just a game. First of all, um, oh, oh, let's continue the quote. Are you kidding me? You're so stupid. It's a comparative uh, nature, bro. Bra. It's about respect, bra. It's about pride. It's so much bigger than a fucking video game. And anyone that ever uses the excuse it's just a game is a horrible human being and it's lazy. They're a lazy human being. Psychologically speaking, that... Well, first of all, um, that's their fucking jobs. 
they're professionals, just like he's a professional. So I understand he can't say it's just a game because it's his job. But, you know, most people don't spend 12 hours a day playing Fortnite on stream. Or most basketball people, or football or any yeah, other or, thing like or, that. Or I'm, or I'm targeting this directly at Ninja, you know. Okay. Most people don't spend or have their professional career tied to a video game like he does. He has to have this mindset. Now, saying getting angry, um, how about just trying to improve or trying to learn something? Or saying, okay, well, let's try it again. I mean, I realize you know, the irony of me saying that, but still, it's, I mean, what the fuck, right? Yeah, psychologically speaking, that motivation of anger can be extremely powerful, especially from a competitive, like, push yourself to be the best sense. In the short term, it can be a huge asset to a person in any respect. But in the the long term, term, it's going to be hell in your blood pressure. Yeah, it creates a lot of problems from where your your drive, because what, you know, if you do manage to get to the top, Anger cannot keep you there. Certain you know types of dedication and drive and other things can help keep you there for a while. But being at the top, you're always going to get knocked down by somebody who's smarter, faster, better, younger. younger. That's just what happens. And anger will not save you there. That's one of the reasons why so many people who were, you know, quote, at the top of their game, when they did get knocked down, they spiral out of control because they make so much of their life, so much of their personality, so much of what drives them comes from that alone. And when they physically can't do it anymore, for whatever reason, there's many reasons, but when they physically can't do it anymore, it just destroys them psychologically, which has effects that play out in a person's physical physicality. You know, well, always on top of that, out. on top of that, I mean, just look at the game we're talking about as well. It's a fucking battle royale. You're going in against a hundred ish players and only one is going to get the chicken dinner or whatever the fuck Fortnite's uh, phrase is. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never won. I haven't played very many games of Fortnite cause I don't like it, but never won. Oh, I have no interest in it, but still, you know, it's the point's still there. You're going in for a, very, very slim margin of uh, victory. I mean, assuming, of course, you know, everything is, uh, you know, uh, equal. Uh, one in a hundred. Uh, one in a hundred wins. So saying that, you know, it, you should get angry because you lose. When statistic, you know, the, the statistics are not on your side here, you know? Yeah. There's this idea, and I don't know quite how much it permeates world culture, but in Western culture, American culture, there's this idea that if you quit, you're weak. If you take a break, you're weak. And you're not. You're just not. It's healthier. It's better for you to take breaks, to find other things that motivate you, even if it is something that is your job, your career. You know, with video games being a lot of people's careers in one way or another now, you still have to take breaks from that to maintain a healthy balance in your life. Um, and him taking this and applying this lar- it largely across a majority of, of 
the population of gamers. He's got that interview or book or something yeah. that talks about this a lot more deeply. But even there, he's still applying it a lot more broadly. Yeah, and he's, I, uh, and he's also uh, applying it to high-level people, saying that uh, you wouldn't say it's just a game to them if they're in the Super Bowl. I totally would. I'm an asshole sometimes. Well, it's not even a game. It's an advertising uh, opportunity. True. But, I mean, he's in, in that, which gives the most context. He's still prying it very broadly. And there are certain games that I do enjoy being good at. But for the most part, I play a lot of games on, you know, normal or easy nowadays. Ten years ago, Jared played everything on hard or as hard as possible. If 10 years ago I had found Dark Souls, I might be like crazy about it. But I didn't. I found Dark Souls at a time in my life when I prefer relaxing and enjoying an experience rather than making myself angry playing a game. And I want to ruin my hobby by doing that. I don't take personal offense I mean, I, to his comments. Yeah, I, mean, I do have uh, my own hardcore games. I mean, like Dwarf Fortress, but at the same time, it's just, right? Yeah, and I have some games that I play that way too. But I, you know, I do enjoy that aspect of it. But I don't, if I get angry at something or frustrated, I take a break because I don't want to ruin the experience. I'll go play a different game or I'll just stop playing games for a little bit entirely instead of trying to push through it and, you know, learn better strategies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not personally offended by his statement. I'm, th- this isn't about that, but I think that there's a, I mean, he's a, you know, gaming celebrity in whatever context that means in, you know, current year of our Lord 2020. Um, he's someone that a lot of people watch and regardless of whether or not he wants to be, he's someone that a lot of people are going to, look up to slash try to emulate their behavior because they want to be like him or be successful like him. He has to be careful. So with this what is he why says. it likes to feel old. Do what? So this is what it's like to feel old. Indeed. Indeed. But I mean, he has to, he has to learn how old is Ninja? I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to guess 28. He's... Okay, he's older than I thought. I was going to guess that he's mate, like 25, maybe. Plus the douchey hair. Yeah. Um, You know, I think he's old enough to, to have learned and understood that. And the fact that he hasn't, or he doesn't care, or... Or, like, it, or it could just be his persona. Could be. But, I mean, regardless, he's, he's a lot more influential than... I don't I almost said then I think he should be. That's probably my true thought about that since it started to squeak out. But regardless, I think he's a lot more influential than he realizes. And he has to be careful with stuff like this. He's doing a lot more harm than good, even if it, you know, feels like I'm maybe grandstanding about that. Like I see the effects of stuff like this every day in people's lives. So yeah, well, you're also in a unique position to see that as well. So That's true. And that's why I messaged you and was like, I, I want to talk about this <laughs> because of this exact reason. Like I see stuff like this play out every day in people's lives and how they have a history, 10, 15, 20 years of this attitude towards something in life. And it just beats them down over time. 
And there's a lot of different ways it plays out. Not everyone who goes through this becomes like abusive or uses drugs or whatever, but it sets up these patterns for failure in people's lives that slowly build over time. Kind of like how you take a, you know, if you take a push a snowball down a hill or whatever, uh-huh. you know, they just get bigger over time and it becomes a lot harder to deal with in the future. And I can just see him setting up hundreds of thousands of, of, you know, teenagers down a path that's going to lead them to a counselor's office somewhere going, you know, where did I go wrong? Well, you listen to a douche with the neon hair. <laughs> True. But I mean, I know you're, you're just joking, but you know, yeah, about- yeah, I'm joking. Uh, I, I mean, I realize a lot of them are very impressionable. Uh, teenagers or tweens that honestly just look up to him because of the, he's good at a game that they like. I think he just needs to be a lot more careful with his words. He, like you said, he doesn't understand the uh, power that he has, or or he's playing up his persona because you know that could be the other thing is that. Uh, you know, it could just be this is the persona that he plays when he is ninja, you know? Right. And he doesn't see it as potentially destructive to other people. He doesn't, uh, I mean, you know, he doesn't see it as this, uh, this pushing people on this path that you talked about. I, the, yeah, the nudging of that snowball, whenever you're saying, this is how you should do it. And uh, all these impressionable uh, kids are like, yeah, we should, I should be like that. Yeah. Oh. The... I guess. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just looking at some stuff about him and apparently he was nominated as the 2020 Kids Choice Awards favorite gamer. Nominated? So who won? I don't know. It's his results pending. I'm trying to. Nominations were announced February. Da, da, da. Okay, so they haven't. This it'll be in in March when they decide the winners. But he's, uh, he's nominated. Who's he up against? I'm looking. Favorite gamer. Okay, Dan TDM. Who? Don't know who that is. I have a feeling this is going to be like who who. Uh, British YouTube personality and professional gamer. Don't know who that is. Uh, looks like he mostly plays Minecraft, Roblox, and Pokemon. Uh, gamer, gamer girl, which does not have a link to her name, so I don't know who she is. Well, well, I'm glad it's a very you know unique name. I know. Ninja. Preston Sorry, plays. Who? <laughs> right? Who? Preston plays with a Z. Also, no link for his name. That might of be a little circle. And then SS Sniper Wolf. Uh, Ali Maria Sheehan. I have no idea who any of these people are. British. I mean, I know the YouTuber. Somewhat, but. Yeah. So this is what it's like to feel old. Looks like she's more of a cosplayer. I mean, she does gaming. She's got a mm-hmm. gaming YouTube channel and stuff. It looks like she's more well known for her cosplay, according to this little blurb about her. So, in other words, a uh, real life uh, category of streamer. Who is Preston Plays? 
I'm going to guess somebody obnoxious. I think that's a fair assumption at this point. You are correct. <laughs> here is here is what his thing oh boy. says about him. Hey, y'all. I'm 25-year-old, Jesus-loving, video-game-playing vlogger from the great state of Texas. Ugh, I, I hate him already. I love epic and exciting vlogs for all of you. Oh, obviously not. First, like his little channel, uh, like advertising video, whatever. Like, you know, you go to a channel that you, you're not sub to, and it's like, here's the video that you yeah, want the trailer. to see. I used security cameras to cheat and hide and seek. Oh. That's the video he's got there. Oh, God. My little brother found five ways to prank my house. Don't choose the wrong mystery door challenge. Five ways to prank your little brother using slime. Yeah, I would hate this. I hate him. So in other words, he's one of those YouTubers. Basically one of those that the algorithm loves. Yeah. All right. I I have to try and find Gamer Girl. This is not going to go well. Or maybe it will. She's got 4 million subscribers. That's probably her. Yeah. Uh, definitely not as cringy off the cup. Uh, that's a high bar. Rousing audio content as I sit here quietly and watch, uh, like, flip through. Oh, oh my God. Just, 38 million views on this video? What is her tits out? says going to prison in an obby escape the prison plus rob the bank obby i don't know what obby is it's roblox oh wow she's like a kid like a legit kid she's maybe i would guess 12 in this video it's from a few years ago good for you girl so i guess one of the uh, the kids that got uh, very lucky. What, do what? Uh, that got very lucky and just got picked up. I guess. Because I know there there's a couple of uh, kid YouTubers that uh, got very popular uh, basically un- uh, doing unboxing and showing off uh, either games or uh, toys. And it's basically, you know, it's a handful that was able to do it. Yeah. And that's the thing is that uh, the way the YouTube algorithms work, it really latches onto a couple people and then just really promotes them heavily. Uh, oh my. Okay. She was born. Tw- the internet is both a wonderful place and a creepy place because this girl is 13. Okay. Like currently, she's 13. Damn. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, but now I feel a bit of a creep uh, hearing about her. So let's move on. <laughs> sure. She's made more money before she's... I, I just feel sad. She's made more money as a preteen than I'll make in my entire life. Yeah, but look at it this way. She doesn't have the crippling debt as well. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, good night, everybody. Oh, what is my life? See, you should have been a YouTuber or what you were. There's, I, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I can't be that cringy. I mean, you can. I don't have. I'm that cringy naturally, but not in a way that is good for any type of of camera. I just can't turn it on. You know, like I can't fake that. It drives me nuts. I'm way too introverted for that shit. Like well, if I'm simple. Just like, uh, while you're cheating it, a hide and seek, you could record it for YouTube. Oh, God. I also hate the idea of recording everything that I do. I tried that for a while, too. It didn't work. It just drove me crazy. All right. Let's move on from talking about assholes and feeling and, and creeping on a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> To uh, hey, how about that? More assholes. Yeah. Uh, GTA 4 returns to Steam as a complete edition with massive sarcasm quotes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess it was about a month ago we talked about GTA 4 leaving Steam and all digital distribution because games from Windows Live uh, they uh, weren't able to generate any more keys. Because the service is shut down. Yep. So uh, they're relaunching G- uh, GTA 4 uh, March 19th as the complete edition, which will replace both uh, the base game and episodes from Liberty City. And it sounds like uh, you'll get uh, both if you have one. But there are some caveats uh, for the complete edition. One, they're taking out. All multiplayer, all leaderboards, all uh, games from Windows Live support, all co-op, everything. Gone. Mm-hmm. They're just oh, ripping God. it out. They're not trying to patch it. They're not trying to fix it. They're not trying to work around uh, the games from Windows Live support. It's just gone. Which is kind of a shame because it was fun to, you know, whenever there were people playing it, just get on with a couple of friends and just dick around. I mean, I realized that if they were selling shark cards for it, you better believe they would have fixed it. But, eh. but that was kind of always the point of GTA 4's multiplayer was to yeah. just get on there and dick around. And I don't know yeah. if I feel nostalgic about that, but I have a lot of fun well, memories a, of dicking well, there's around. A hell of a, there's a hell of a lot uh, less bullshit when it comes to, or I guess, came uh, to GTA 4's multiplayer where. You didn't have to you know, worry about, oh, if I die, I lose a lot of stuff, or I need to go grind to, to get the fun stuff. Yeah, GTA 4 is better than GTA 5. Yeah. Probably I mean, even in this shitty, stripped-out, gutted edition, it's probably better. I mean, I think, well, uh, well, I can't really attest to GTA 5 story because I've never played it, and I've actively avoided spoilers for it because I thought, you know, maybe at some point I would. GTA 5 story is really good, but it faffs around a lot. Yeah, well, the thing is I I really had hoped that they would do more with it eventually, but, and also I wanted to pick it up when it went on the cheap, but because games, or sorry, because uh, GTA Online has been so amazing for, for a revenue stream, they never had to cut the price. Because they just sell shark cards all the time. Yep, and they've also never done anything with additional single-player content. It all nope. goes to 
multiplayer. But anyway, they're also cutting out three radio stations. Uh, Ram Jam FM, Self Accentuation FM, and Vice City FM. So the reggae and 80s tunes is gone the way of the dodo. Yeah, which the 80s was one of my, the 80s tunes was one of my favorite stations. Yeah. Yeah, same. I assume if I'm you've a- still got it for Xbox 360, you can have the full experience. Yeah, I, I would assume so. But who knows at this point? And it sounds like there's going to be a pretty massive update whenever this launches uh, to basically combine the, the two games into one uh, entry, uh, at least on Steam. Yep. Uh, 66 gigs. I'm sorry, 6 gigs, sorry, uh, download, which is still pretty sizable for removing the, uh, that amount of shit, huh? Yep. Here's to hoping modders fix all the shit that they broke for people who are interested. Oh, you know that there's going to be mods to at least put back in the radio stations. Yeah, and GTA 4 still has a pretty active, vibrant modding community last time I checked. I hate that it's like, well, let's have the modders fix what the developers fucked up, but... Uh, That's the way modern game development... At least, thank God, the modders exist. Praise be... I mean, think if the modders didn't exist, Bethesda would have died off years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad that that we see just, uh, this is another case of a, well, not really a remaster, but a update that just, you know, really just drips out a lot of shit. And it's, it's a shame because, you know, GTA 4 was a really good game. I, I would say, uh, Episodes from Liberty City was uh, some of the best content for that game, actually. Yeah. Did you ever play uh, Episodes? I did. It's been a while. The last time I played... Let's see, I played that when did I still... Did you play all of it, though? I think so, but it's, it been was, ten, uh... it's been more than 10 years since I played it. Because on PC, I've only played... like I think I have it all, but I've only played the base GTA 4 mm-hmm. on PC. The last time I played all of it was on Xbox 360 in like maybe 09 or 2010. Yeah, it was essentially two uh, main stories with uh, uh, the, uh, what was it, The Lost and the Damned? Yeah. And then, uh, and and then the, uh, the, ga- the Ballad of Gay Tony. Yep, The Ballad of Gay Tony. Uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony is basically the closest uh, GTA 4 ever got to the older uh, kind of wacky shit that uh, GTA uh, and the GTA 3 era that was known for. Uh, but it was still fairly well grounded. Maybe it's just the, the fact that uh, GTA 4 felt a little bit more gritty, but still was kind of a, a wacky game. As long as your fucking cousin don't want to go bowling. Yeah. Shut up, Roman. GTA 5 has kind of got that in an interesting way with the three main characters in the single player storyline. Um, there's one character that's, uh, it's Trevor. No, is it? God, it's been for, it's been like, I think two or three years since I played GTA five, Michael Trevor and the other one. And Uh, the rest. Michael represents, I think like the serious 
side that GTA has. Trevor represents like the fucking wacky, messed up shit that GTA has kind of become known for. Um, and then the other character whose name, uh, Franklin. Franklin, I think, represents sort of the actual like player perspective, deciding sort of where to go, what to do, which sort of path are you going to follow in the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, GTA Four is better because it's not full of bullshit. I really, I had some attitude with the way I said bullshit there. You're feisty, what's <laughs> come over me? Ooh, how catty of you! I feel some tingles. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for our news topics this week. So we checked, and we didn't have anything in the emails and whatnots. So yeah. we're gonna run. Yeah, there was just some moths. We're gonna run a discovery queue and then yep. call it a night. Yeah, which, uh, well, first of all, if you wish to startle the ever-loving hell out of the balls, you can do so. VGLpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at VGLpodcast on the Twitter. Indeed. So doobly-doo. Doobly-doo for the Discovery queue. So, and I got something that right away because, of course, I did. I also had my Discovery queue up. Skull, the Hero Slayer. God Skull on his quest to singularly handedly single handedly take on the Imperial Army and rescue his king from captivity in the an action roguelite 2D platformer for all age for the ages. I mean it, it has a very like SNES Sega Genesis feel about it. Uh, you know, that sixteen bit era. Mm-hmm. And I think it just is the way that they are coloring in all the uh, characters. It has that old school feel without it being pixel art. It is early access, so it's not complete. Uh, they're saying they're targeting quarter two of this year, so probably about summer or late summer. But, uh, it looks like they're doing early access to fine tune the game balancing and correcting any complaints. So it sounds like it's mostly done? Question mark. And it's fifteen bucks on its release sale and it'll be eighteen bucks uh, when it goes off of it. I mean, it looks very interesting. It has sort of a, a, a Metroidvania to it. Oh, as I hit the mic stand. Yeah. So I have one. Uh, it was not my first game, but it was my second game on my list. Death and Taxes. In this 2D narrative-based game, you assume the role of the Grim Reaper at an office job. Your job is to decide which people are going to live or die. The consequences of your choice are yours to bear, while the mystery of your incarnation awaits revelation. Um, Some parts of this look mm, like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing, but then there's this like side-scrolling part that's shown, but not really talked about in the description i just love the idea of playing like a nervous anxious grim reaper (laughs) who instead of being in the classic you know grim reaper is like a dude in an office who's you know trying to meet some kind of quota or something so is it uh sort of like uh yeah it's papers please um i thought about that a little bit but it doesn't seem like it's got the same kind of sort of faff to it I don't know. Maybe it does. I'm looking at sort of the yeah. I'm looking at a couple of the screenshots of the desk. Looks... 
I don't know, it's got a demo. So I'm gonna download that shit and check it out later. I might buy it. It's only 10 bucks right now. It's on sale. 25% off. So, looks neat. So, I got another one. Broken Lines. A story-driven tactical RPG set in an alternate history version of World War II. A game about a group of eight soldiers who crush land behind enemy lines. It's up to you to lead them uh, home while fending off the enemy and helping them deal with the horrors of war. So, tactical RPG in alternate World War II. Yes, please. It does sound interesting. I mean, it is a little bit expensive for an impulse buy. I'm not saying that it's an expensive game. It's 25 bucks, but it looks very interesting. Uh, it looks like combat similar to that of a turn-based uh, tactical RPG. The soldiers only move when the action phase starts, so it's sort of uh, sort of how Frozen Synapse was, where it looks like you plan out your move, and then a certain amount of time goes, based on some of the gifts. Mm-hmm. I like that. That looks very interesting. Uh, some people are comparing it to XCOM, which I'm not sure if that's a fair comparison, but... Eh. My uh, comparison to this currently is Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, which, hint, hint, that will be something I'll probably talk about next week. Uh, For me, it's Empire, or Total War Empire Definitive Edition, and Hearts of Iron 4. (laughs) Nice. Um, So I've got another one, pretty quick. Uh, Tank Mechanics. I just got that pulled up, so I'll let you have it. There's been a few of these. I think they're all made on... Yeah, they're all made by the same person um they've done like plane mechanic simulator car mechanic simulator um and this one is about tanks it looks like you're uncovering repairing and restoring tanks and other armored vehicles to go into a museum um are you saying it belongs in a museum it belongs in a museum one part of this game based on you know my experience playing one of a couple of the others in this sort of I don't know, series or genre is honestly kind of boring. The actual sort of repairing part, but there's another aspect to it where it looks like you get to like explore the tanks and drive around in them and do stuff. That could be pretty neat, especially if there's some additional historical context put together in it. um, Especially if you're building it up for a museum, right? Yeah. And like, I mean, that's the thing in the title game about world war two tanks, their crews and the contributions in military history. As a tank museum owner, your task is to recover destroyed or abandoned tanks and renovate them. So depending on uh, how so, much... So, uh, quick question. Uh, when do you get the cute anime girls to drive them? <laughs> yes. We need this immediately, please. But, I mean, depending on how much of that actual historical context they put into it, I think that can make the game really interesting. If they don't do much of that, I mean, these games are kind of okay. Uh, especially if you're... Uh... But if you're uh, a fan of tanks, you know, I imagine it'd be uh, amazing for you. Yeah. So I got one. Tor? Tor? T-A-U-R. An action strategy tower defense game where you build turrets, droids, aircraft, and more as you fight to protect your home world of the torn droids against the relentless invasion. So essentially a tower defense or a base defense game interesting i'm not sure if it's worth 25 dollars 
but it looks like they have a pretty massive amount of units going on, so it's sort of a mass swarm defense game. Interesting. So I got one. I'm very excited. I actually muted so I could do like a squeal. Damon X Machina. This is a mech game. It looks like it is heavily inspired or sort of like a spiritual successor type game to Armored Core. I am very excited about this. And it's out. I could buy it right now if I wanted to for 60 bucks. I'm tempted. I'm probably going to pass and uh, do a little research before I just like buy it right now. But I'm, I mean, everyone here knows how much I love my my mechs and my mecha both. I love both of them for different reasons. Um, and it's been a long time since I've played a good mecha style game that sort of invokes the armored core feeling. Uh, it looks like it's got a little bit of a more cartoonish art style. Uh, it's hard to tell if that's cell shading or they're trying to emulate something that looks more like an anime or a, a manga art style. But, I mean, regardless, it looks great. Uh, it's got very positive reviews. When did this game release? Oh, like two a week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about this. Probably see if I can get a, a, a key from them. But if I can't, there's a good chance I'll be buying this in the near future. So, I got it interesting one this is actually on uh, game pass as well world of horror uh experience the quiet town in this one bit love letter to junji endo and hp lovecraft navigate a hellish roguelite a reality with turn-based combat and unforgiving choices experiment with your deck of event cards discover new forms of cosmic horror in every playthrough the inevitable awaits i mean it's really interesting, especially if you're a fan of horror. It has, like, early 80s feel to it, where it's all monochrome and uh, very old school with its design. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of Lovecraft, there you go, right? Yeah. You need nothing else, right? Um, I got both... Skull, the Hero Slayer, and Tar, Tuar, whatever I got. Yeah, I have no idea. So, I had to skip past both of those, but I did get a game, The Suicide of Rachel Foster. I need to, I need to actually copy a link. Yeah, damn. There you go. Uh, it's called The Suicide of Rachel Foster. It looks like it's a sort of a, a walking simulator type exploration game maybe with a horror theme um, it says coming back to the family hotel after years a young woman finds herself trapped with the ghosts from her past and an old cellular telephone is the only way to unveil a terrible truth yeah don't forget so, to copy the title yeah I will but um, it looks interesting it sounds interesting as long as it's not actually a horror game, I'd be interested in playing something that's sort of a, I don't know, psychological suspense type deal. Yeah, the problem is whenever you search psychological horror, you get like, you know, My Little Pony and stuff on that Steam because it's a joke tag. Yeah. What the hell is this? Did you have this one? I don't think so. Uh, well, uh, what one do you have? Or I have one uh, coming up. I... Dungeon Defenders Awakened. 
this looks like uh, I wasn't touching uh, uh, defenders. Uh, uh, there was a, a multiplayer uh, uh, dungeon uh, uh, or tower defense game. I'm blanking on it. Um, I know what game you're talking yeah. about, but I can't remember it offhand. Yeah, it was Dungeon Defenders. So this is the sequel to uh, uh, Dungeon Defenders. Okay. Where uh, it's in early access. It's fucking expensive for what it is. It's uh, $40. Uh, Dungeon Defenders itself, it wasn't bad. Uh, it did get it where you had to have certain strategies or just grind up uh, character levels for quite a while. Uh, but it could be interesting, but early access $40 price tag, at least it to be wait and see. Right. But and I wanted to throw it out there nonetheless. So I got a game called Urtok the Desolation. This is a really maybe Lovecraftian almost like inspired, like body horror-esque turn-based tactical RPG. Um, it's this odd mix of sort of cartoonish, but grotesque. Um, it says, Urtok is an open-world tactical turn-based RPG in a low-fantasy setting. Guide your band of adventurers through the ruins of an ancient world. Recruit new followers, loot the corpses of the fallen foes, and do your best to survive in the harsh and unforgiving realm. I mean, I'm intrigued. Um, I don't know exactly what I think about this. At this moment, like I'm interested though, I'd like to play it. So that's, I think, good. And it doesn't look like it's like a scary thing. I think this is just more for like world building and setting. Yeah. But I'm interested. Yeah, I'm quickly looking up something on this. I got a visual novel, so I was heading over to visual novel database. Okay. Uh, this is interesting while you do that. Uh, conglomerate 451. Like, it just popped up, so I'm getting the link right now. All right. But this looks like an old-school dungeon crawler, like, set in the first person, but it's, like, a tile-based thing. Um, so you go from, like, grid square to grid square. But it's got a, uh, cyberpunk, uh, aesthetic to it. Looks neat. I have no other information other than that, though. Um, it's in... Oh, no, it just it just released uh, a few days ago. Currently, it has mixed reviews. Okay, well, I'm going to put this in. Uh, basically, I was just checking to see if it was a straight-up porn game. I mean, it does have nudity, or at least the uncensored version, but that's pretty manual for a visual novel. Saren Banka? Uh, I'm going to head over to uh, Visual Novel Database for the uh, uh, the actual description because uh, basically it's a, a Japanese version of the Sword and Stone where uh, only you have to marry the shrine mistress or the shrine maiden uh, princess to uh, uh, once you pull out the sword uh, in this uh, very isolated uh, village cut off from uh, pretty much all of uh, the rest of the world. It's rated uh, 8 to 9 uh, for the most part. Uh, and it's rated as a long visual novel with 30 to 50 hours of uh, gameplay. 
So, don't know if the Steam version is censored or not. It is $35, so, you know, a little bit more expensive for a English uh, visual novel. Gotcha. Yeah, I got that one, so I'll go past it, because I, I read mine, and I got that one, and I started talking, or, and you started talking about it, so. Yeah. But yeah, Sin- Sinrin yeah. Bon- Banka? Banka? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it actually doesn't look that bad. I would uh, say that if you're a fan of visual novels, it's definitely worth checking out, especially since it looks like it's pretty highly rated on the visual novel database. Like I said, uh, yeah, uh, average is where is it on here? Uh, average is seven point nine one, which is uh, actually a very good rating for with. Uh, 481 votes, so good enough to be decent, right? Yeah. Or a decent indicator, I guess I should say. So, yeah. So, my last game, I'm not going to give a link to, because oh. there's lots of breasts exposed for everyone's pleasure. Like, lots of them. It's called Being a Dick. I think but that it's... was actually on the front page of Steam, because I saw that. Yeah, only it's using the Greek lettering, yeah. being a dick. Um, it's being yeah, a, the fun parts of college. Yeah, being a dick is a choice-driven adult visual novel focusing on the fun parts of college life. The game is packed with humor, sex, romance, drama, and a rich story. Plays a young male attending college at B&R, whatever that is, and guide him through the experience. And like the screenshots are full of tits and nipples and butts and sex lesbian sex specifically so it's right up your alley but i'm not going to put a link for this in the show notes because we don't i don't want to get in trouble with the internet police yeah but that was the last game on my list uh the last game on my list is a dream racing game and it doesn't look all that hot So, yeah, I think I'm going to skip that one. No breasts exposed for our pleasure in the drone racing game. Yeah, but the propellers are out. Oh, boy, right? Yeah. Hey, we both have six. Wow. Take, like, three weeks off from doing, or more, from doing a discovery queue, and I get some stuff that's not utter trash on my list. Well, you also got, uh, well, I had Suicide of Rachel Foster pop up uh, towards the end of mine. I had Death and Taxes pop up. And then I had Skull pop up after you did it, and Tar. I had uh, Tank Mechanic Simulator pop up. I also had Sinren Banka. Banka. I mean, you put them together, and we've each got a full, you know, we've got a full <clears throat> list between the two of ours. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, for the first time in some time. Hey, Rach, yeah. why don't you uh, hit him well, with the socials? Give oh. me a moment to take a cough drop. <laughs> oh. Fucking allergies. Or whatever the hell this is. And I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me, well, on YouTube if I ever upload anything again. Uh, Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me, maybe I'll tweet again someday. Because, yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> Over... 
on Twitter at GamingRCR, or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you could uh, find me on the air, Caffeine Rage, once again. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me over on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending your friend request to JRthur4707. And if you really wish to be his friend, uh, you can send him the password for this week. And the password for this week, we're taking it back old school. The password for this week is Aeromorph. Yeah, Aeromorphs. (laughs) Talk about uh, an old one, huh? Or old reference, right? That's from several years ago. Mm -hmm. It's an older uh, meme, but it checks out. Indeed. Yes, I accidentally hit the mic stand again. <laughs> I'm not quite finalized in my setup here, so I'm getting used to everything once again. Oh, but yeah, uh, sorry, it's going all the way back up to the top because I'm completely out of practice. So, once again, you could contact us, vglpodcast.gmail.com, with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or you could tweet them to us at vglpodcast. Our lovely, lovely patrons uh, make this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcast. And you could also check out our Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, links to all our stuff. Or Or you could find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our intro music is really do by the same artist. You can find his work over at Computech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Goodbye now. Uh, See you next time. Bye-bye.